Hi, this is Thea, and you are listening to the Optimal Podcast. If you haven't done so already, you can listen to part one of our interview with Vanessa Hamilton. This episode will make much more sense if you do. Now on to the interview. I noticed that the stigma for mental health is still very strong, especially like in this country. But I remember you were talking to us prior to um, us recording about people who contributed to society in great ways but had mental health issues. One of the things that is disturbing about stigma of mental health issues is the fact that people assume that when you are afflicted with something like this, that you are broken, that you are useless because you suffer from something like this that you can't contribute. But it's quite the opposite. We have a long, long list of individuals who are diagnosed as bipolar, manic depressive, or anxiety disorders, and all these things, OCD. And they have been such a great influence on society and have contributed so much. The greatest known tragedies to me personally is Vincent van Gogh because he was suffering greatly for bipolar disorder and he never even lived to to sort of experience the sort of appreciation that people have for him now that he's gone so yeah i think that essentially we need to start or slowly start to develop a cultural change in the way that we receive people with mental health issues. Because yes, there are definitely days, honestly, that we are dysfunctional. We can't even take care of ourselves, much less other people, you know. But with the rise of awareness should come a rise of compassion. Maybe during times when these high-functioning people can't function, Maybe it's a time that we can show them understanding and say, okay, it's because you've given all that you can give and now it's time for you to, to take a break. But when you're ready, we'll still be here. We'll continue what we're doing and we can move on. So, yeah, essentially for, for that aspect of it, I think that slowly, slowly we can develop awareness. Yeah, because currently like the way business works it's very organized in a very specific manner for people who who are manic depressive it's not conducive to their well-being or their health but that doesn't mean that they can't contribute in some way you know i think the the major problem is that i mean corporate society yeah, they expect you to to be clean cut you're supposed to be a square that fits in a square square hole, right? So um, somehow when you deviate for that, it's unacceptable. So hopefully in time, you know, we'll learn to, to be more accepting because uh, people who deal with mental health issues, they, they aren't just artists, you know, they, they come from all walks of life in all um, genres of, of business, like, like lawyers and doctors and... Um, uh, creatives, and then people who aren't even creative. Like, hopefully, slowly, because the internet is both a gift and a curse, 
maybe <laughs> in this aspect, it can be more of a gift yeah. because it is exposing more and more information, you know, as opposed to before and everyone was so separate, you know, like if you lived in a different country, you weren't aware of this information, it had no way of reaching you. So I think that's one of the good things that came from the internet. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can find a place that is suitable, be places that are accepting, places that uh, will allow you time. Yes. Yeah. But I, I like what he said that with mental health issues can be found in any, I guess, walk, uh, of, life. walk of life. So... Because I heard, I, I guess the common opinion here, especially in the Philippines, is oh, if if you have a mental health issue, it's that's only for the rich. I I really hope that people will understand that also that it can be found in all like social economic. Yeah, most definitely because again, um, this is a issue of the mind. So for people definitely who live in impoverished countries or impoverished places, they aren't getting like the right amount of nutrition to be able to sustain a healthy development for their mind. So um, I've actually seen like documentaries of people who live like deep, deep in the mountains who are going through this and it's so much harder for them. So much more um, wretched, you know, in terms of like people who are ill-informed you know, they people try to find an explanation for everything. So people who don't know what they're going through or the person that they're they're with, they they say na oh it's something spiritual. They're being possessed by something. They're 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 being controlled by the devil. <laughs> so Howard, um, I guess can you can you share some of your experiences though with like I guess controlling the external your external environment? I don't remember specifically where I got this, but I hear it very often that you are essentially the five people that you spend the most time with because you know um, attitudes like energy it's it's very contagious you know so if you hang out with people who are very negative narrow minded close minded you tend to adapt that kind of mentality right so as much as possible i try to filter the people that i i come in contact with i've actually told my partner that as the years progressed i sort of became a more i preferred solitude because i was scared that if i went out with a friend that i sort of internalized their their way of perceiving things that i would lose myself in that so that is definitely a major factor but also i mean it gives something but it also takes away you know uh, the same token so by controlling my environmental the external i'm also missing out on a lot so to be able to control my situation i go out less you know i eat out less i hang out with my friends less it's all up to the individual. Like, how much are you willing to to endure in terms of, like, the things that you're willing to cut off 
to to retain the amount of sanity that you're willing to have because um it's funny we joke about it when when my partner and I go out to eat and stuff and he like offers me something and I'm like no thank you I I prefer my sanity <laughs> it's always a tagline with me yes because like I know ne I know that if I eat a certain thing definitely every action has a consequence and these small actions they have consequences and little actions amount to to big outcomes you know if you do the same thing over and over kahit maliit lang it amounts to something so yeah it it still it depends on the individual so you can like sort of take my advice and then like taper it according to your personality if you're an extrovert then being being cut off from from family and friends is almost unbearable diba it it's very painful you need external stimulus right so you just pick the people who you think personally for yourself help you grow you know are are there for you are a good influence on you isolation i don't think it's 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 like a major factor but definitely it has it's it also has its anonymity its benefits so i think it goes back to how you said that everything should come in moderation yeah. type of like finding that balance for you for yourself that i mean it requires as, a great deal of experiment yeah <laughs> yes yes again you know when there's like this seemingly insurmountable task and you look at the end res- uh, the the end the end of the goal it seems so very hard to 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 actually make it come into fruition because it seems like such a herculean task right but if you view it from the perspective of okay i'm just going to start today do the best that i can do as much as i can or as little as i can at least i did something 1% is always better than 0% you know so from there you work your way up and um eventually you'll get there you know you are so worried about the time it takes to do this certain thing but the time will pass anyway you know whether or not you're doing it the time will pass anyway life is hard in general you know but you have to pick certain things that are worth the struggle the thing i was thinking about is because uh, you were saying that you uh, attempted suicide at the age of 9 yes. i'm sure suicidal thoughts are on and off thoughts of suicide are an extreme so how is it that you cope with such an extreme um jeez i think that i've just been living with it so long that i see it as something external as something like outside of me almost somehow because like you know the normal me or at least the functioning me i like to think wouldn't even dream of considering that you know like i have children they depend on me family so when i start having these thoughts um again it comes back to self awareness because i remind myself that i am probably just so tired so burnt out that death seems like a viable option because it offers rest it's an escape but the truth is i don't want to die i just want a break So maybe for people who have these thoughts they're very prevalent they're always there. Maybe you should ask yourself, do you really want to end it? Are you so are you so done with life that 
you're okay with that option? Or are you just tired? Do you just need a break? Do you just need to rest? I think it's it's quite disconcerting. These, like a few months back, I forgot, was it the vocalist of Razorback who, who took a video of his suicide? I had very mixed feelings about it, you know, because I, I can empathize. But then I also thought like that was a very um, unfortunate move because so many people look up to this person. You know, he's a role model for so many people. And to to almost, or I'm not saying that that was his motive. You can't judge a person for making certain decisions because they're not in the right, right mind. Yeah, they're not in the right state of mind. So... Despite what the, the the motives were, I thought that it was very unfortunate because somehow it almost glamorizes it in a way. You know, like like um, teenagers are looking at this and they're also in pain. They're going through their own emotional baggage and they see this and they're like, well, that's an option. You know, why don't we try that instead? So That's the thing though. Like I, what I um, recently found out also is that suicide really does spread. It came to a point in which um, newspapers stopped like publicizing it because they really noticed like an increase in suicide su- suicide rates. But you know what? Because I have experienced like really really dark times though, where suicide seemed to be the most enticing option. I understand why people take that route. You know, to them, it's actually a they are doing their family and their friends a favor you know to them inside that's what they think because i know that when i have these thoughts or i consider these thoughts it's actually coming from a place of i am so horrible that if i were gone that they'd have a better life so i don't think that people should be so quick to judge people who commit suicide as selfish you know because that's essentially right it's it's um it's how our society has been brought up that suicide is a very selfish option. From an outsider's point of view, it does look um, like a selfish thing, but for them, they interpret it, well, it's very destructive thinking, but they interpreted it, it a different way. So Vanessa, just to wrap up, will you really strike me as the type of person that's very passionate about your message? And so if there's anything that you want to tell someone that's going through the same thing or has a relative that's going through something similar, what is it that you want to impart to them? First of all, before we started this podcast, I was um, actually very scared of going through with it because uh, I am just like everyone else. I, I care what other people think about me. You know, that's just the way we're wired. But I think that the need for compassion, understanding, awareness overrode those feelings. So I think that really basically what it comes down to is this innate need to connect with other people, you know, and for other people who have this affliction to know that you're not the only one who has it, you know. There are so many people who have it who you aren't even aware of. Maybe it's your best friend, maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's your child or or, or your coworker, and you aren't even aware because they're too ashamed or they're too scared to, to tell you about it in the fears that you might judge them 
after this. But I want people to know that I am, at least I personally, will be available to anyone who wants to reach out, who feels like they're out of options, that it's meaningless, that their existence is worthless because they have this condition. And it's quite the opposite, you know? Somehow, if you view it in a different light, if you change your perspective and see it as a gift rather than a curse, then you could actually use this to your advantage. Because like I said, during times of mania, with my insurmountable abundance of energy, that is the time when I feel I have the ability to create. So... Yeah, basically just a shift in, in your way of thinking and how you deal with yourself. And also, be kind to yourself, you know? Because everyone else around you is going to judge you and is going to say mean stuff to you because of the way that you are. And if you can't even be kind to yourself, then you can't expect other people to be. So, like, learn to take care of yourself in a way that is conducive to your development and your well-being. So, when you can do those things for yourself, then yeah, it's still going to be a struggle. I still struggle. I sound like I have everything like figured out, but I still get major depressive moods. I still get bouts of mania. But if you can integrate it as a part of your, your personality, then it's not such a heavy burden to carry. You actually enjoy having it, you know, in a way, somehow. And as the opposite of, of mania, um, if you can see your depression as something necessary, as something vital, because mania is, like I said, an abundance of energy. And when you exhaust that energy, which you eventually will, depression is just a logical conclusion to that, you know, goes up, goes down. So when you're down, you should take that as an opportunity to, to take care of yourself, to get as much rest as possible, to view it as a place where you can start generating new ideas. And then from there, you work your way up, you know, because like getting out of bed is such a Herculean task that sometimes it feels like you're carrying like a bag of rocks. But, you know, once you get out of bed, it starts to snowball. Like we were talking about, like when you get out of bed, you, you muster that strength, then you can brush your teeth and then you can take a bath and then you can get dressed and then you know slowly gradually hopefully you you get to a place where you feel like the the world is right again for you personally so if anyone wants to reach you how can they reach you uh so i am i would consider myself off social media now but you can contact me via email at vanessa underscore hamilton 46 at yahoo.com Great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was such a privilege. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you. This concludes our interview with Vanessa Hamilton. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can follow us on Instagram at Optimal Podcast for more updates. Thank you for listening.